Hey there, Conquerors. Welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Today on the show, we had Sarah Grandomenico, a good friend of ours. But before this episode gets kicked off, I wanted to briefly mention our Patreon page. It's pretty lonely over there, guys. We don't have any patrons right now. And we would really appreciate your support. If you go over there and check it out, www.patreon.com backslash Columbus, which will be linked in the show notes. Uh, you get cool rewards and things like that for donating small monthly amounts. And it really helps us out and helps keep the podcast running. And without further ado, let's launch today's episode. You could drop me anywhere on the planet, in any environment, and I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey guys, one final plug before we jump into things. I just want to preface with some feedback on the audio quality content on this one. We recorded this before we had our new audio equipment, so uh, the audio content is a little bit sketchy in some spots. It almost sounds like Darth Vader between us and our guests talking, but uh, if you are a big Star Wars fan or you can just bear with us, you're going to get a lot of awesome content out of it. We have an awesome guest. We have a really good time. And uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and kick into things and go from there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conquering Columbus. On this episode, we have one of our good friends, Sarah Grandomenico. I'm going to kick it over to my co-host, Mike Minuch, to give a little background on Sarah. You want to tell her about Sarah, Mike? Well, hold on. Did you just purposely say my last name wrong? Hey, don't butcher this show. <laughs> I'll try not to. Okay, guys. Well, hey, we met Sarah in college, and um, today she's a kindergarten teacher by day, and in her spare time, she's the author and founder of the vegan recipe blog, The Beaming Banana. Check it out at beamingbanana.com. And she's here to share some wisdom on starting a blog and being passionate about healthy living. Her goal is to share easy, healthy vegan recipes with everybody in order to promote a healthy lifestyle. And she also happens to be getting married to our awesome webmaster, Joe Grandomenico. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hello, thank you for having me. Do I hear a rumor in the background? <laughs> yeah. No. She's very sad right now, but <laughs> for those otherwise she'd probably be attacking me. Rumor is they're very cute, crazy, crazy dog, <laughs> to put it that way. So how's your day going? Poopy face, that's you're, for sure. You're on summer break right now then, right? Yeah, so I'm actually teaching summer school, um, but it's just for three weeks, and it's only in the morning, and there's only like 10 kids, so it still feels like summer. I just figured it'd be a good way to stay busy before all the wedding stuff, so it's good. Definitely. Right, because everybody wants to be really busy going into their wedding. I swear you and Joe are not. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Not not super busy like normal during <laughs> school, but enough that I'm not like sitting around worrying about things. <laughs> right. That makes sense. So we'll kind of kick it off and start from the beginning and talk about your undergrad time at Ohio State studying human development and family science and 
Um, just talk about your experiences at Ohio State, what you thought about living in Columbus, and you grew up in Columbus, obviously, too, um, and how, how that has all gone for you. Yeah, so I went to Ohio State for my undergrad. Um, like you said, I studied HGFS and early childhood education. Um, so I grew up in Dublin, which is a suburb of Columbus, and I taught piano lessons to elementary age kids. So that was kind of where I decided I wanted to go into teaching. It was kind of just a logical next step. Um, and then after undergrad, I went on to get a master's at Ohio State, too, which was great. Um, and then moved up here to Perrysburg since Joe was already working here. Um, but, yeah, Columbus is the best. I mean, I can't say enough good things about Ohio State. It was, like, totally exceeded my expectations as far as, you know, college experience and everything. And, obviously, I met some good people there. Um, so, yeah, it's just a great experience. I love just the atmosphere and everything. And, obviously, the education aspect of it, too, kind of set me up for a lot of the success that I've already had, which is good. So. And did you have any memorable professors or any memorable individuals during your time in your undergrad or in your master's that were kind of um, big influences in your life and how you live today? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, some of my professors, especially during grad school, um, where obviously it gets a lot more kind of intense, they're very passionate. You know, it's not just about getting kids through gen eds for undergrad type thing. So um, I, they definitely had a lot of impact, and I still, you know, keep up with them on Facebook, things like that. Um, so, yeah, they have a lot of really good people at OSU that are really, um, you know, passionate about what they do and are very credible. So I feel really fortunate to have gone there. That's great. And, you know, talk a little bit about your major and – undergrad uh human development and family sciences and uh, what was that like yeah so at, when i went there sorry yeah so at the time they didn't have um a specific like education major it changed like two years ago so now they do um but that was actually why i did the master's right out of undergrad was because it was like a license and a master's in one year um, so i went into hgfs which is human development and family science mostly because of teaching, obviously, they kind of told me that that was the route to go. But it was really awesome, too, because I got to take classes like human nutrition and um, sociology and like parenting, you know, things like that, like really focused on people and just how we interact and how we grow as individuals and things like that, which is something that I'm really interested in that I think kind of goes hand in hand with like health and fitness. Um, so that was really cool, too. I actually took a class that was like human sexuality. Um, which was definitely an interesting one, but I actually met one of my bridesmaids in that class. Um, so yeah, it's a really cool major and it kind of is very versatile. So I know a lot of people that majored in that that are nowhere near teaching. So it's kind of cool the variety of stuff that I was exposed to through that. And then you went on to become a, a kindergarten teacher there in Perrysburg where you live now. And talk about your experiences with the kids and kind of what that's like on a daily basis. And do you share... Um, your love for living a healthy lifestyle with your kids and kind of try to instill those values in them as well? Yeah, definitely. So teaching kindergarten is, I always call it an adventure. Um, on the one hand, it's 
at least in my school. Um, we're an inner city school, and it's a charter school, so not public, so it's a little different. Um, but it's very serious. I mean, we're very serious about getting the kids either caught up or to where they need to be for the next grade. And then you have to think, you know, they're five years old. Like, they're still very young. This is our first school experience, so it's kind of a hard balance sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just a ton of fun. I mean, there's a lot of difficulties that you or I shouldn't say difficulties more like challenges that you encounter even just on a daily basis that you may not encounter the day before um but they're just so much fun and it's so cool because even though they're so young they already all have these little like individual personalities and when you are feeling you know stressed or things like that they just say something little and his like so cute and hysterical and it kind of just puts you back in perspective and kind of calms you in that way so it's a ton of fun um, I feel like I need to keep like a running notebook of all the just funny things that they say because I could never remember them all. But yeah, they're hysterical. It's a lot of fun. No, I totally get where you're coming from. I live with Mike and I feel like it's, it's probably <laughs> a little bit older than a kindergartner, but it's not quite first grade and it's very yeah. similar. Like if I kept a running notebook, I'm pretty good at finger painting. <laughs> Oh my God. So, talk a little bit about, and we'll get back to the healthy lifestyle thing, because that's kind of going to be the meat of the episode, no pun intended. And <laughs> talk about when that, uh, when you're, when you decided that, you know, you kind of want to go to the vegan route, and when you really started getting into a, um, being health conscious and, and focusing on that different aspect of your life. Yeah. So, um, growing up, I ate totally like standard American diet. I mean, my mom is like a really good cook. We didn't eat like. So we weren't one of those families that ate out all the time. My mom always cooked, but it was definitely the typical, like, you know, I'm part Asian too. So we always had rice and then it would be some kind of quote unquote protein, which was meat, um, you know, veggies, whatever. So we were pretty good, um, but it was definitely typical in the U.S., um, and so when I got into high school, I went vegetarian for a couple years and then was kind of on and off at that during college. Um, and I was always really active, like with sports and everything like that in high school. And so when I got to college, I was excited to, I missed playing sports. I played lacrosse in high school, but I loved being able to just work out and not have to worry about like going to, <laughs> I shouldn't say this to you guys, but I didn't have to worry about going to a practice later or anything like that. Like I had this great freedom to, you know, if I wanted to run one day, I could do that. Or if I wanted to let, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was really cool. And I started to kind of just become more conscious of what I was eating um, around sophomore year. And at that time I was vegetarian and I was like, well, you know, what the heck? Like, I'll just try going vegan. And I have been just curious about it, but at the time definitely didn't know as much as I do now as far as like the actual benefits. Um, at the time, it was really easy for me. You know, people asked me like how I transitioned into it. And at the time, the only thing that I was eating that wasn't vegan was Greek yogurt. So I really did just do it overnight. Um, and obviously, it's not that simple for everybody, but that was kind of just how it unfolded for me. Um, and ever since I started, I haven't even thought about um, like changing or going back just because I've never felt better uh, mentally and physically. Like I'm at my lowest but still obviously like a healthy weight since the beginning of high school I have like a ton of energy and I just feel like my mind is really you know clear and focused I don't have hardly any 
I don't have any, like, running health issues other than the occasional cold because, I mean, I have five-year-olds, like, sneezing in my face every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you can't attribute all of that to diet, but I like to think that it plays a large role just because I know so many people that um, have so many health problems already that just seem preventable or, like, they could be drastically changed with a change in their diet. Um, but I think a lot of people just don't know about their options and, you know, we're taught to rely on pills and procedures and things like that just to keep things at bay rather than to be preventative. So that, those were kind of reasons that I started and I've just learned a lot since then. But yeah, so it all kind of just started just out of curiosity and I just kept going because I felt so good. So, so and it's been a while since you've made that transition, but if you think back to it, do you remember kind of what it was like when you first started transitioning? Because I heard a lot of people talk about it's kind of like a roller coaster. So you feel good for a couple of days and then like maybe three or four weeks of going into that healthy lifestyle and cutting out all those preservatives and like eating really natural, you feel like terrible and low energy and then your body starts to like really start to perform optimally and you feel, I've heard some people describe it, you never, you don't even know what good feels like until you've gone through that process. So do you remember that transition at all? Um, it wasn't that drastic for me. Like I said, I think just because I had kind of, over time, like I, at that point had been eating still really quote unquote healthy. Um, so like I didn't eat any processed stuff even at that point. So it was probably more gradual in terms of that kind of thing for me is like cutting out the really bad stuff. Um, but I do remember feeling like a little, maybe just like a little bit less energy, like a little, you know, as I was figuring out like, okay, I'm eating foods that are way less, calorie dense they're very nutrient dense but energy wise they don't have a ton of calories you know what I mean so trying to figure out how to find that balance like okay I either need to eat more or I need to eat more of specific food you know things that I like um that would kind of get my calories up so that I'm still fine that I'm having energy and things like that and like I said now it's not even a thing that I think about you know I can just go by how I feel and things that I like but yeah I've definitely heard that too and I can see that Um, but I think it's important that, like you said, you kind of give it time and let your body react. And, um, it's almost like, I think of it as like a cleanse kind of like you need, you've had all these years that that kind of stuff is kind of built up and that you've gotten used to, and it just needs time to kind of get out of there and for you to start feeling as good as possible. Right. You know, and you, you hear all these stories about how your body can adapt to different, uh, nutritional diets and things like that. Where, you know, if you've been eating processed carbs and sugars your whole life, your body can even go through sort of withdrawals. Right, right, definitely. Which is scary. Right, yeah. A little bit, but... uh, Sometimes I cry when I go days without cold stone. (laughs) I think it's a problem. Sarah, I think you need to talk to Josh, because he eats literally like a box of donuts every Sunday. Yeah, but... I know. What were you telling me when you were here last time that you were eating like before the marathon? Was it... Whipped cream? It was something with whipped cream. Yeah, well, it's, oh. it's a oh, sore subject. It's because... a tray of brownies <laughs> with Cool Whip all over it. A whole tray. It's a sore subject because the only reason I don't like bring it up is because Mike said, you're going to regret that tomorrow. And, <laughs> and, and you did. And I he was... said, no, you idiot. I've been running these for a while. I think I can handle my brownie intake. And then the whole next day I'm running, I'm like, 
Oh, Mike was right. Mike was right. And it's hard to tell That yourself. does sound incredible, though. I'll have to come up with my own variation. Oh, yeah. If you make them a healthy way, I can't imagine. But, like, it's really hard to tell yourself Mike is right for 26 miles. I hate saying it once. I can't believe so, we just got that on a recording. Yeah. Well, let's skip ahead here. So let's get back to uh, where you were going with your question. Go for it, Mike. All right. So I, I, what I was going to ask you about was I feel like people have misconceptions about being a vegan. So what exactly is being a vegan and what is it not? Okay. So this is where I may start rambling. So feel free to shut me down at any time. Technically the term vegan just means that you don't eat any animal products. So for a lot of people, it seems really extreme. So obviously vegetarian, even that has so many branches, you know, some people don't eat red meat, but they eat fish and all that. So vegan, there's no need for distinctions in terms of that. There's no meat, fish, things like that, but also like dairy. So yogurt, cheese, butter, um, honey, because it's made from bees, you know, that kind of thing that some people may not think about. Um, but there are like, this is something that I've learned just as I've gone on and, you know, seeing people on social media and like reading more about it. There are a lot of like subtypes, um, and just different reasons for going vegan. So there's like ethical, which is purely, um, because you're against like, you know, the mistreatment and slaughter of animals. So first, a lot of people, it's not really about health at all. It's purely so that they're not harming animals, um, which brings me to the whole, like, junk food vegan. That's another misconception is a lot of times people totally think that the word healthy and vegan are synonymous, and they're so not. Like, um, so the good news for people that are thinking that they want to do this but are, like, concerned about the transition, there are so many vegan foods that are just horrible for you, but probably taste fantastic, but health-wise, they're awful. So just throwing that out there, healthy and vegan are not the same thing. Um, You're more likely to eat healthily if you're vegan, but there are definitely ways around that. But anyway, so there's ethical reasons, and like then there's me who, like, it was purely for health. Um, Ethics-wise, you know, not contributing to the mistreatment of animals and all the – like millions of environmental benefits is just a plus for me, but it was purely for health reasons that I started. So, um, yeah, I guess, so yeah, no animal products. And the other biggest misconception that I would say, um, that people should kind of be aware of is that, um, anybody that's vegan is going to be super uncomfortable or judgmental based on what other people are eating. So that kind of goes back to the whole thing. Like I'm not an ethical vegan so like if I see someone eating a steak or if someone comes over here and is like eating chicken like I honestly don't care and I think some people get really really nervous about that like if they're not vegan, like oh well we can't have them over because we're eating this or we shouldn't go over there because we're eating that and um I don't know for me it's just I think that what people eat is such a personal choice and just like this is such a personal thing for me um, I'm not about pushing it on to anybody else or questioning you know what makes somebody else feel their best so like if people ask me or want advice or just curious I love and I'm super excited to discuss it but if not I'm definitely like not confrontational about it so I would advise people not to you know, be nervous about things like that, or just to ask, you know what I mean? Like what people are comfortable with. So yeah, there are definitely a lot of misconceptions, but I think that the best thing to do is just kind of to study up on it. If you really want to know more. Yeah. Cause I think the hard part when I think about transitioning into like being a full vegan, which would probably be one of the hardest things I'd ever do in my life. 
but I think it'd be really good for me. But I always think like I don't know the nutrition well enough to make sure that I'm getting all like my amino acids and my proteins. And I know when I eat meat, you know, it's real simple and straightforward. I'm getting them, and I'm good to go. So how do you make sure that you're um, a well-informed and educated vegan and you're doing things the right way? Yeah. So like I said, a lot of it is just like reading up and doing your own research. And obviously something that, you know, is a first step of that is making sure you're reading a variety of things. Like obviously I don't just get on Google for all of my stuff. Um, but there are a few really good books. My favorite one like ever is, it's called how not to die. And it's by Dr. Michael Greger. And it's, um, so he goes through the top 15 leading causes of death in the U S and basically, like, talks about how a plant-based diet can usually not only improve, but actually reverse all those diseases. So, like, people that had heart disease, they put them on a plant-based diet and, like, controlled for everything. And they were really legit studies, which made me feel a lot better reading it. Um, and their heart disease didn't just, like, stop, but it, like, reversed. Like, they got even healthier than they were before they had heart disease. And it was the same for, like, diabetes, you know, cancers, things like that. So it's just amazing. It's really eye-opening. Um, so just reading up on things like that, like if you really, really want to know more and as far as like being worried about things like, you know, the whole like vegan joke is like, where do you get your protein and all that? Um, that for me, I went off more of feeling. So like you, like we were saying earlier at first, I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little tired. Like there, you know, there must be a disconnect somewhere. And so I think I just tried to kind of experiment and made sure that, like food wise, I was eating a variety rather than like just a ton of fruit one day or just, you know what I mean? So in terms of that, it wasn't as complicated for me. And he taught, like I've read a lot in books like that, that you're going to get everything that you need. Um, if you're, you know, as long as you're taking vitamin, like for B12, things like that, it's really not hard even for protein to get more than enough usually on a daily basis if you're eating a variety so because I, I agree I do think that's something that people get really concerned about but yeah, I don't think it's as big as an issue as people would anticipate it definitely shouldn't be looked at as like a reason not to if that makes sense yeah it definitely makes sense so you do supplement with vitamins though to make sure or in yeah so I have a, a vegan vitamin actually and it has b12 which is a big one that you can't get from plant-based foods um, so I do like to supplement that just to be sure and everything else you can find is plentiful with what you're going to eat. So, Hey there, Conquerors. We're going to take a quick break from the episode today to give a special shout out to our friends over at Zoco Design. Zoco works with brands that are seeking change to connect strategy and creativity and create informed, lasting design that delivers business value. They've got a history that includes working with both industry leaders such as Cardinal Health, the Royal Bank of Scotland, and Ohio State Athletics, as well as startups and small businesses. And the Zogo team brings a strong and versatile design experience to the table. Their services and solutions include brand identity systems, visual design, user experience, digital design, and strategy and innovation. So please, if you're a brand looking for a change or a new brand looking to establish yourself in the market, go check them out. Their website will be linked up in the description. And tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Are there any key standard, like, 
make sure that even if you are eating a variety, you make sure you get this in your diet every day, otherwise you're going to be in trouble, or is it just eat a variety and take this multivitamin, you're good to go? Yeah, for me, it's it's pretty relaxed. Like, I don't ever feel like, oh, crap, I forgot to eat this, and I need to. You know, if I'm feeling, like, lately, this has nothing to do with veganism, so disregard. Um, I've been on, like, a stupid diet for my wedding to make sure that I maintain my weight, which I don't need to do to begin with because of my diet already. Um, but I can definitely tell when I'm not getting a certain amount of nutrients or even just enough calories. So it's something that kind of ends up coming really naturally and because you're eating in such like a you know clean way and you're eating whole foods your body can tell you really quickly um, if you need something and that's kind of the beauty of eating like this is that you can kind of really figure things out easily because you're not having other health issues is what I've found obviously you know it may not be the same for everyone it may not be as simple but when it comes down to it if you read up and pay attention to research and things like that and like you said make sure you're eating a variety you're gonna cover all your bases pretty easily yeah i've never been married but i think that if you eat brownies leading up to the wedding it's i can't imagine it being the wrong way to go <laughs> i mean if it was a healthy brownie i probably could but i'm eating cauliflower for breakfast at this point so it's an adventure that's for sure <laughs> i'm not a fan of cauliflower that's oh my cool. god it's but, uh, so i like cauliflower but not in the way i'm eating it right now <laughs> So, hey, let's jump into uh, starting your blog, The Beaming Banana. And uh, when, when did you first get the idea to do it, and why did you start? So, I started January of this year, and it really was kind of like a, oh, you know, the brand new year, let's do all this stuff that we haven't done. Um, but I knew I was going to keep it up. So, I started in January, and it had kind of just been in the back of my mind for a couple months as purely an easy way for me to keep track of recipes that I was making um, and that we were really liking. So, like, for example, in the fall, you know, everyone's obsessed with pumpkin. So I was making all these, like, fun things, you know, whether it would just be for Joe or for, like, our neighbors, you know, anything like that, and just doing it for fun. And stuff would turn out really good, and we would be like, oh, we should write this down, you know, but it's like you never – you know, we forget or whatever, and or Joe eats it in two hours, and it's gone. So I was looking forward to doing it as a way of just keeping almost like a little recipe book just for us um, so that I wouldn't forget things. So that was actually how it started. And where were you coming up with your ideas? Um, most of the time, they kind of just – so usually I'm a huge sweets person, Um which was another way that it was really easy for me to go vegan because I didn't really like meat that much growing up. Like, I don't crave a hamburger. You know what I mean? I don't miss anything like that. So, But I love dessert. So I'm just constantly, whether it's like I see a picture on Instagram or I see something on TV or I think of my favorite way is like to think of stuff that I had during childhood that I really liked. So like, okay, this cake my mom used to make or these cookies we had at Christmas or whatever. Um, and just thinking of how I could get it make it in a healthy way, but make it just as good. Obviously, you know, I don't want it to taste quote unquote vegan. So usually I just, I just have like a running list on my phone. Um, and that way, if I ever think of anything or if I see something, I just like jot it down and then kind of mess around later and experiment. So a lot of times I think of stuff literally right before I fall asleep. And then I'm like thinking about donuts before I fall asleep. And the other night I literally had the weirdest dream ever, which I think was the combination of being on the wedding diet and thinking about making donuts the next day. So 
it's it's pretty interesting, but they just kind of pop into my head at random times. <laughs> I, I I'm hesitant to ask how weird the dream was, so we're gonna go ahead and move on past the donut dream. It was just about eating donuts, <laughs> but they were like. That was the weird part. It was like weirdly hallucinogenic, but yeah, we don't have to get into it. <laughs> so, uh, how is you know? Go, take us through the process of actually building the blog out. And I, did Joe help you out with that? At all? He oh my god, yeah. Out? So I literally owe the start of the blog to Joe because I had no clue. I mean, I had heard of WordPress before, and we actually had to use the blog um, during one of my classes in undergrad. Um, but I remember at the time they like walked us through it and we had to post like twice and it was over. So I really did not know like the ins and outs of WordPress. Um, so he totally put it together and, you know, we talked about a logo and like talked to people that like hooked that up for us. So that was good. And he's just very patient and always willing. I mean, you guys know he's worked on yours. He's always willing to go the extra mile and help me even with my like really dumb questions about it. But yeah, so getting started, I would say like, you definitely need someone to help you if you're not advanced in that area. So luckily I have one right here. So I'm thankful for that for sure. And if you find one, marry them. Cause then they can never. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Your number one taste tester. So it goes hand in hand. <laughs> so talk a little bit about how your blog was received at first. And did, did you gain a following off the bat? And was there any, were there any ups and downs in terms of criticism and feedback? Um, not really. I mean, it's still small. Like I obviously am working to make it bigger. It's only been a few months. Um, so it's not huge by any means, but I do remember at first being nervous, like, Oh, my posting to look a certain way or my pictures need to look a certain way or whatever. And I quickly kind of just shook that off and was like, okay, you know, if nothing else, this is just for me to keep track of what I'm making. So I'm going to write the way I want to write you know, I'm going to take pictures the way I want to and all that. Um, so I wasn't, I mean, obviously everyone's kind of like nervous about feedback. I, the only feedback I've gotten has been, you know, extremely positive. Nobody's like been like, Oh, I made this and it sucked, which is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> but I would like to hope that that'll never happen. Um, so it didn't have a huge following right away, but it's definitely growing. And I think that part of that is just like being consistent on like social media and things like that. Like the other day, um, a movie, like a movie about, I'm pretty sure it's about being vegan. That's they had a Facebook page and like shared one of my recipes totally randomly and linked my website. So that got like a huge amount of views that day. So that was really exciting. You know, you just have to appreciate the little things like that and know that, you know, over time it's going to grow, but it just takes time and not to compare to blogs that have been up for like five years. You know what I mean? So. Right. Hey, you mentioned, you know, a little fear of receiving negative feedback, but let me just tell our listeners out there that Josh loves negative feedback. You should tell him what a big idiot he is in the show notes and it will just make his day. Tell him away. I have the delete buttons. <laughs> I'll delete everything that's not bad. That's all. If it's bad about Mike, I will post it on the front of our website, and it will run like a banner ad. <laughs> but, uh, so Sarah, I, I just want to, you know, I've heard that you, you guys have some pretty interesting followings for people outside of the U.S., right? Yeah, so Joe, like, pulls up the analytics. Again, that's his thing. I don't really know how. But he shows me, like, this many people have been on, this many people come back on a regular basis, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, there was someone, like, from Denmark on it the other day, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, it's 
exciting to think, you know, because I started it just as something for us kind of, but I, you know, obviously I'm always thinking if it helps even just one person either to kind of open their eyes or just to experiment and try something new and then hopefully kind of get hooked on it, you know, that's awesome. And like I said, even if it's just one person, but it's so cool that it has like such a far reach. I mean, with like the technology and everything, it's exciting. So there's some little Dutch boy in Lederhosen running around with a beaming banana brownie in his hand. Uh, I don't think they wear Lederhosen anymore. Well, Dutch. they do. That's that's a stereotype. And so actually, I think Lederhosen is German. No, it's no. Don't look too much into it. So, okay. And now <laughs> let's kind of jump into. So we, we've talked about the blog and kind of um, how it was built out of passion and the way you live your life. And now talk about trying to juggle, you know, being a kindergarten teacher, blogging, eating healthy. And, you know, you're getting married soon. So how do you, you have any tips for people out there who are, they want to kind of make that transition. They, maybe they'd like to start a blog, like you said, but it's like, oh, you know, it just gets passed by because it's not a priority. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of make it a priority and, and start carving that out of your day? Yeah. So for me, it was kind of at a crazy time. Um, Joe and I ran a marathon this past April. So when I started the blog in January, it was right when we were starting to train also. So at the time I had been like, okay, you know, I'll bake the recipe on Saturday. I'll write the post on Sunday. Like, and then, you know, it'll be great. I'll always stay a week ahead, that kind of thing. Um, But then obviously, like you said, life happened. I mean, teaching and any teacher will tell you that the first year of teaching is just, it's like a whirlwind. Um, so that started picking up and, you know, we were training, you know, and running like two plus three hours in the morning on the weekends and it kind of wipes you out for the day. So it definitely took me some time to adjust. Um, but luckily time management has always been something that's definitely one of my stronger qualities. Um, I don't know why, but it just always has been like, I'm very, I think it's mostly cause I'm, I have a very extreme personality and I'm like incapable of procrastinating. So like if I wake up in the morning and I say, okay, I know I got to get these five things done today. It's, I'm not the type of person that can like go chill and watch TV for a while and then like go do something else. And like, oh yeah, I'll do it this afternoon. I'm like, okay, do these five things right this second, do them with quality because it's the morning and like I'm fresh and I'm ready to go. And then I can just chill the rest of the day. So that's something that I would advise is to like, Think of a time that you're at your best, because if this is something that's a priority, you want it to be quality and then like, just do it. I mean, people will just endlessly come up with excuses, but like at the end of the day, everybody's busy. And if this is something that you want to make time for, you have it. Um, you know, they're the same number of hours in a day for everyone. And I realize that sometimes things come up and, you know, it's the same for me. Like some weekends are crazier than others, but it's like, you just got to really plan ahead. That's another thing is just being aware of what you want to accomplish so that you can make it happen rather than just like flying by the seat of your pants and hoping that it'll turn out well, cause it's not going to, or it's not going to be as good as it could have. Um, if you're really being aware and managing your time and that kind of thing. So that's what I would say. And if you, and if you ever start to feel overwhelmed, I mean, obviously you're only human is, is your exit kind of like working out and things like that? I mean, obviously that's kind of an insight question because we know you really well, but I'm assuming is that kind of how you handle when you are really stressed? Yeah, definitely. So not working out is something that would stress me out. So my routine, like I'm totally a morning person, like I was just saying. So working out is literally the first thing I do every day. It has been for the past like five years. And it's something that really 
kind of gets me like centered and focused and ready to go. Um, and so, yeah, that definitely kind of de-stresses me. And during that time I can like, like if I'm on a run or if I'm, you know, doing some kind of cardio like that, I can just think of, okay, this is what I need to accomplish during the day. I'm going to do this at this time and this at this time. And, you know, kind of almost as a way for me to like plan out my day and get ready. And so then when I'm finished working out, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And I can just kind of get started right away. So yeah, that's definitely an outlet for me that works really well. You mentioned having a routine and sticking to it, and I think that's something that Coach Ryan at Ohio State Wrestling, who we had on the past, and was obviously Josh and I's coach, but he was constantly getting on us about making sure you had a routine that you followed every time you went into competition or just preparing for your day. So uh, how important do you think it is just having that routine? Does it have to be working, you know, get up, work out in the morning? Does it have to, you know, can you choose a different routine, but as long as the one that makes the best sense to you? Yeah, and that's what kind of what I was going to say along with that. So I'm glad that you said that. It's not the same thing for everyone. Just like, you know, the way that I eat may not work as well for someone else or, you know, things like that. So I think that as long as you find something that works for you. So a lot of people really are night owls like I know people that just like to stay up late they feel like they can think more clearly then um so just because that's different for me yeah it doesn't at all mean that that wouldn't work it's just that you have to you know plan accordingly and kind of figure things out feel out what works best for you but yeah I think just consistency is the key I'm totally a routine oriented person almost to a fault um like it shouldn't throw you you know life's gonna happen and sometimes you know, things are going to come up. So it shouldn't totally throw you out of whack if you can't follow the routine. But you should think that on a typical day, you know, you know what's going on, you know what you're going to accomplish because if not, you know, it's just not going to get done. Yeah, definitely. I think once you get that routine in place, I mean, getting the routine is difficult, but I think obviously it's clear you're super passionate about the things that you have routines for, which makes it, you know, kind of an easier transition. And I think once you get it in place, people underestimate how easy it becomes after that, you know, like, I mean, I, I know personally, I don't even think about when I wake up in the morning whether I'm going to work out or not. It's just like I just go do it, I get it over with, and then I move on to the next thing in my day. So I think a lot of people are kind of daunted. Like for the first two weeks, it's like, man, this is so hard. How am I going to keep doing this? And then a month goes by, and it's like it's not even an option anymore. It's just something that you do. Um, and that's not a question. So to move it into a question, we kind of want to talk about next what your long-term goals are. You're getting um, – trained to teach insanity which is pretty cool so you can talk about that process and then what the future of the blog is for beaming banana and are you going to transition those things um, or kind of merge them together at all or are those going to be total separate yeah so i got certified in february to teach um live insanity classes so like a group format rather than you know like the at-home videos um, and I haven't been able to do it yet just cause it was in the middle of marathon training. Um, so now that all that's over, I'm really looking forward to starting teaching and things like that. And as far as the blog, um, obviously I'm just going to kind of try to keep it growing and yeah, I have a lot of ideas as far as like branching out and incorporating fitness for sure. Um, so that'll definitely be something that I look at in the future, but as of right now, I'm probably going to keep it pretty consistent, just kind of like you guys until, um, I really can build like a solid following, but yeah, I would love to incorporate fitness just cause it goes hand in hand and it's something that something else that I'm like really passionate and would love to talk with other people about and kind of bounce ideas off of others and try new things and all that so yeah hopefully it just keeps growing that's the plan as of right now and just if like I said if it can reach even just a couple people and help them to live more healthily then that's all I'm going for so 
And if it gets big enough to a point where you're making like enough to live a sustainable lifestyle, would it be something that you think you'd want to do full time, or do you think you'll ever leave teaching? Um, I've I've definitely thought about that. I think that eventually, not for a few years. Whenever I have kids, um, I feel like I would definitely need to take or want to take a few years off from teaching at least. So I could definitely see that as being a time that I could really like hyper focus on the blog because it's something that I can do from home. Um, so yeah, that'll definitely be something that I kind of consider and kind of cross that bridge when I get to it then as far as making decisions. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely an option and hopefully I get that option, you know, that it's that successful by then. So we'll see. Stay tuned. You have a, any particular places you like? This is a question I was just thinking of while we were talking about this. But for people who want to, um, who want to eat vegan, is there a good place to shop? Um, that's the good news is that you can literally go anywhere. I mean, obviously, like smaller non-chain grocery stores, you might not have as much luck. But Joe and I just shop at Meyer and Kroger like we love to go to Whole Foods but it's not like a requirement that you shop only at Whole Foods every time you go because you know that is more expensive so um we go to Meyer, and something that I always tell people that are like really curious but they're like I have no clue where to start is when you're shopping like only go on the outside of the grocery store which if you think about it if you're walking the peri perimeter of the grocery store is produce so like fruits and veggies um, and then everything else along the outside is typically very, you know, obviously I want to exclude dairy and obviously there's going to be exceptions, but, um, for the most part you can get, you know, almond milk and other things like that. And then you're not venturing into the middle aisles, which is typically where most of the processed junk is. So, but yeah, it's really easy. I mean, once you get it down, like Joe and I have, the same shopping list every week. And it's not that we get bored of it. It's just that we literally love what we eat for every meal. And obviously we change it up, you know, just when we're feeling something different or when the season changes, but it's really easy and it's not hard to do at a store that you're already going to. But that's a good question. Cause I think, yeah, I'm sure that people do wonder about that. So it's a dark, scary place in the middle of the grocery store, huh? <laughs> um, I mean like oats are in the middle of the grocery store. So I don't want to like totally discriminate, but yeah. <laughs> I have eight oats for three of the four. I've ate oats a lot lately. Oh, good. Um, glad, glad to hear you I, ate some oats, Josh. Well, I thought you'd be proud of me, but... I am. <laughs> <laughs> so any final remarks as we kind of wrap things up that you want to talk about um, for our listeners in regards to blogging, teaching, your life in general? I mean, we covered a lot, so there's no pressure on that one, but any final thoughts that are on your mind? Yeah, um, just in general, just if you're passionate about something, you just have to be relentless about it. Um, so even if you think like I've had time, you know, everybody's human. I've had times where I'm like, the only people reading this is my mom, you know, like why am I even doing this? But then it's like at the end of the day, there are more people reading than that. And there are more people than, you know, that are interested and, you know, just don't do things half-assed, put in the work or don't expect results kind of thing. Um, you know, the best things in life don't come easily. So you're not going to get off easily and have magic happen. So I think that it's important to be patient, but just to always put in the work, you know, when it comes and that just applies to everything, you know, obviously, especially to health and fitness, but 
Um, you know, if you're putting your heart and soul into something, it's usually going to pay off regardless of what aspect of your life it's in. So I think that it's important that people remember that and kind of find something that motivates you. If you don't feel that way about anything yet, you probably just haven't found it. So just keep looking and, you know, and just respect your bod, move every day and eat good food and treat your body right so that you can live as long as possible to enjoy life. The end. That was a beautiful ending, wasn't it? It was, and I think that's a great place to end the episode right there, Sarah. So thanks, everybody, for listening. That was Sarah, the future Mrs. Sarah Grandomenico. And with some great advice on healthy lifestyles and blogging. And if you want to find some great vegan recipes on traditional foods, check out beamingbanana.com, which will be linked in the show notes. And if you guys like this episode, Please rate us on iTunes and check us out on all our social media pages to keep up with everything conquering Columbus, sorry. And you can tune in next week. Josh, I'm going to kick it over to you. Take us out. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Sarah. And uh, have a good evening. Tell Joey Boy that we said hi. And we'll be be in touch soon for the wedding. Sounds good. All right, guys, that's conquering Columbus. We'll talk to you later. In any environment. And I might get, you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.